going on? Happy Monday to you, and uh, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for letting me be a part of your day. I do appreciate it. The Pete Callender Show here on News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Uh, the phone numbers are 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. That's the full phone number. And you can email Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. And uh, I want to start real quick, just an update, uh, because a lot of times we hear uh, in the wake of uh, police shooting that then prompts, uh, you know, uh, street protests and uh, you know, Black Lives Matter protests and the like. And uh, we uh, usually hear some sort of criticism to the effect of um, that, uh, well, you know, why aren't we seeing a lot of um, people protesting the uh, the crime, right? The regular crime, black on black crime, the shootings and all of that. And I usually at some point in those discussions say something to the effect of, well, no, actually, we we do have protests. They're just not as large. There are groups out there that are protesting this sort of thing. So I figured I would let you know that one of those uh, gatherings occurred this past weekend. Yeah. WBTV uh, reporting multiple organizations held rallies and marches Saturday pleading for an end to gun violence. They marched through the streets of Charlotte Saturday morning. Now, again, the size of this gathering, this rally, this march, um, obviously not as large as the Black Lives Matter marches. I don't know why that would be. Um, I don't know why, like a lot of the white leftists, don't join these types of protest marches. I, I, I've never understood it. But uh, and I've covered a lot of these over the course of my life. When I was a reporter for a decade, I would go to these things. They would launch balloons. You're not allowed to do that anymore, I don't think. But um, but, yeah, they would do uh, candlelight vigils and the like, and they would call for an end to violence. It's been going on for a very long time. Um, so it, it, it does happen. I point this out again, because a lot of times when we have conversations about police brutality, about police shootings, or about Black Lives Matter protests and riots and the like, uh, there's usually some question that comes up, well, why aren't there any marches or protests about the regular violence? And, like, there are, and there was one this weekend. Not well attended like the Black Lives Matter marches and protests were. You can draw your own conclusions as to why that is the case, but... Well, I mean, I can tell you it's like there's a political motivation among a lot of folks on the left that would join those types of protests because it's an easier thing to do. Now, part of the other thing is like, honestly, like, what am I like? Am I supposed to go if I'm a you know left wing Black Lives Matter protester, uh, a white person? Am I supposed to go to the Black Lives Matter pro, or am, am I supposed to go to these gatherings and try to, you know, tell black people what to do in those circumstances, like how, Hey, you guys need to clean up, you know, whatever. Uh, I don't, yeah. See, yeah, I don't think it flies. And so maybe that's why they don't show up. I'm just, I'm just speculating here. I don't know, but like, it seems to me like it would not be very well received, but they do happen. These gatherings do happen. There are organizations that do this work. And so I want to highlight that. Uh, also over the weekend, CMPD arrested a third person in the murder of that three-year-old child, um, this one was a uh, 21 year old Caleb Lawrence turned himself into the Mecklenburg County Sheriff's office. Police say several people shot nearly 150 rounds 
into a home in a drive-by shooting on September 7th, and uh, two others already arrested, 21-year-old Jacob Lanier and 21-year-old Quatonio Stevens, all arrested in connection to the case. They're all they're all 20-something years old, which is odd because I thought, wasn't this the one that was somehow connected to high schools or something? They were saying it was there was some connection to high schools, which is kind of odd to me because they're all in their 20s. Now, I don't know, maybe, I mean, were they held back for like, what, four years or so because of COVID? Is that, uh, I don't know. No, because, no, we've been socially promoting people. They would have cleared high school a long time ago. So uh, all three of these people now charged uh, in it, which honestly, like some things you cover enough, you know, crime stories and things become pretty obvious. And so when I heard, you know, 150 rounds fired into a house, it's yeah, pretty obvious multiple shooters there, right? Uh, just like. This uh, story out of, uh, well, it's it's out of Florida, but it's also out of New York, and it's also out of, I guess, Utah as well, and uh, where this, uh, this couple, these uh, van life bloggers, they drove across country, and he ends up coming back early before they were supposed to get all the way to Oregon, and then they didn't make it all the way to Oregon, and uh, she's not with him, and he brings the van back to Florida, and refuses to talk to the police about where she is. Yeah. I think everybody, like, we all, you should assume that foul play is afoot. And when he refuses to talk to the police at all and tell anybody what happened at all, then that is obviously because he's afraid of being charged with her murder, which they apparently have now found her body, Grand Teton National Park, um, what they believe is her body, I should say. And so once that gets confirmed, now this guy, he's gone missing. And the parents are like, well, he was, I guess, totally living with us, but we don't know what happened, where he went. Like, okay. Yeah, not so sure about that either. Um, but maybe he snuck out in the middle of the night, got past all of the press, and that's camped out at the house, right? And uh, has disappeared. I think he was last... Uh, they were saying he was at some park down there or whatever, or some area down there. And there's, you know, fears that he has committed suicide or he's, you know, on the run because he's a person of interest in uh, the investigation. So we shall see. Some things, though, after you cover, you know, crime for a while, they just kind of like, yeah, they, they pop as obvious, you know. I don't know if I necessarily enjoy the traffic circles. I just wish people would use their turn signals. In traffic circles, when you're exiting the circle, you're supposed to use that. I'm not sure people are even aware of this. Did you know that your car comes equipped with a turn signal? It's No, it, I'm not kidding. It's been, it's fairly new. It's been a couple of years since they started putting them in. Uh, but yeah, all cars, they've got them now. Thanks a lot, GovCo. Yeah, they put them in and uh, they're required to have them. And so you just flip that little uh, thing and it tells other people what you're getting ready to do. And then it reduces accidents. It's really kind of brilliant. It makes you wonder why they didn't come up with this a long time ago but apparently people not really clear on the traffic sir i know i'm just keying off of this promo i've heard it a couple times but like people drive into these traffic circles and i know a lot of people in america don't understand how they work and i am from america but um like i understand the concept i think it's actually a good concept i'm i'm on board with the traffic circles but uh we need people to let other people know when they're getting out of the traffic circle. It would make things just so much easier. 
But I know I'm asking people to use their turn signal, and they don't do that right now just because they're not aware that these things are equipped in the vehicles. It's the only explanation I can come up with for so many people not using the turn signal. Because otherwise, am I supposed to believe that there's like this number of obnoxious monsters on the road? That that I I refuse to believe that about my fellow man. Um I, I and I will by the way, I'm going to be getting to the uh Union County School Board. I I watched their their school board meeting this morning, it lasted about three and a half minutes. Uh, but I pulled the one minute or so of audio <laughs> so we can listen to what they said. We're going to go into that. Um, but I want to start first with something that happened on Friday. This was a ruling, yet another one, in North Carolina's never-ending saga to get voter ID implemented over every objection from the left. It really, at some point, guys, like seriously, lefties, like at some point, I'm starting to think that maybe you don't want election integrity. I know, like I'm trying not to go there. I give everybody the benefit of the doubt here. But at some point, when you oppose every single iteration and version of a voter ID law, I'm left to conclude really nothing else except that you just don't want to do voter ID. You don't want to ask people to prove that they are who they say they are. And this is the other component that is always overlooked about a voter ID. It shows me that you live where you say you live. And in our system, that is vital. It's actually like the most important part of our system. You realize that, right? Like the residency part that's key everything about our system is built around residency it's built around where people live it goes to i mean we're doing a census this year right every 10 years we do a census which determines what yes population but also where people live what states are they in because then that determines apportionment and how many congressional seats like north carolina we just picked up another seat got it from new york because their former governor uh Killed a whole bunch of people in nursing homes when COVID first hit. And so they actually lost a congressional seat because they had a, a uh, they do not have enough population to justify their congressional delegation number. So we picked up a seat and now we have 14 districts. It's based on population, but the population that resides in your state. And inside the state, we have those congressional districts, but we also have city council districts as Democrats on the city council are trying to, you know, gerrymander themselves into a, a, a what, 10 to one majority versus a nine to two, because you just can't get stuff done with a nine to two majority. It's just really, really difficult. All right. It's super hard. It'd be just a lot easier if Tark Bakari was just out of there, you know? So uh, you get, you get rid of uh, the, the, the one seat down there in the South Park area. Um, all based on residency, county commission districts, all based on residency. And when I show up with an ID, it shows, hey, here's a picture of me, dashing as ever, and here's my address. Look at that. That's where I live. Oh, and look at that. It matches all the records of where I live. I should be voting in this precinct because the precinct is closest to me, and my address determines what precinct I'm allowed to vote in. See how the whole system works? It's pretty, I mean, really, it's it's... It's pretty 
Uh, it's pretty brilliant. If I do say so myself. It's it's pretty brilliant. But the key here is you got to make sure the people are who they say they are and they live where they say they live. And so that's why you come up with uh, some form of identification of some kind. And you then present it. And when you present it, uh, it proves your residency and your identity. And we use it for, and by the way, like, I'm not suggesting we just use this vote, this uh, identification, whatever it might be. I'm not saying we just use it for voting. Like, we could use it for all sorts of things, like renting movies at Blockbuster. Do we do that anymore? We don't even do that anymore. There's a Blockbuster. I think there is actually still one Blockbuster left. It's in uh, Alaska. Yeah. Because, of course, it's in Alaska. Like, if you had to pick a state, not knowing anything else about anything, yeah. No, it just it just makes sense. So I'm starting to get the idea that Democrats really, really are opposed to all kinds of voter ID in any form. Although this is weird because one, they just came out when Joe Manchin did his uh, his you know when he he, he was like, hey, uh, all you senators, I'm not on board with the For the People Act because he's obviously against the people, right? And he's like, here's my other idea, and it had voter ID in it. And the Democrats were like, okay, fine, we'll go along with your idea so we can get all this other stuff passed. And then it was like, wait a minute. So you Democrats are okay with the voter ID? And then we heard them saying, like, actually, we've always been okay with voter ID. Just every single version Republicans pass, we hate. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, the last blockbuster is actually in Bend, Oregon. But my point still stands. Thank you, Justin. I appreciate it. I'll have to fact check that at the uh news break speaking of news breaks do we have mark muller or is it mark garrison is it, i know it's a mark a split three judge panel it was two two judges two judges in wake county democrats who were like you know what we believe our democrats uh, in the general assembly we like their argument and uh so they win that's what happened with the uh, voter ID, the latest voting ID uh, ruling. I'm going to get into it. I've got the ruling. Uh, let me first bounce over here to Tara. Welcome to the show. Hey, Tara, how are you? Hey, Pete. Thanks. Um, so this thing with ID drives me nuts. We moved recently, and um, I tried to show my ID when I went to my new voting place. Nope, we don't need any of that. Meanwhile, there was a woman beside me. I could hear them talking, had just for the first time ever voted, had no clue who she was voting. Well, she didn't know who she was voting, but how to do it or anything. But, you know, the liberals' platform is racism. And without that, where would the liberal party be, truly? Well, you mean if I was a black person, I would be pissed. Don't treat me like I can't get my own ID, like I can't find a way to the voting booth, and that I need white people to fix my community. So there was a uh, there was a video. I think uh, Ami Horowitz uh, did it. Uh, he went out and he asked a bunch of uh, white kids, basically in college, and he asked them why voter ID is racist. And their explanations were everything from, uh, well, you know, they they may not uh, know where the DMV is, yeah. and they can't afford one, uh, and uh, they move around a lot, or there were all these different, like basically like prejudicial ideas. And then he went to the Bronx and he went up to black folks and asked them, do you have ID? And every one of them said yes. And then he gave them the uh, the reasons he read to them, the reasons that the college kids said it was racist. They were like, so he says, you know, do you know where the DMV is? And they were all like, yeah, it's like uh, over around the corner on 35th Street, whatever. And so they, they knew all the answers were like, I, I got money. I can afford an ID. And it's just there is there's a level of ignorance. Yes, but there is also a patronizing paternalistic 
kind of uh, view that really is embedded in a lot of these arguments I have found. And I think that's what you, I think that's what you're hearing as well. Exactly. And I, we've got to hear more from the black community who is fighting this, but you don't see it. Well, they couldn't find they anybody. Call names and such. Well, to be fair, like the the plaintiffs here could not find a single person that was actually disenfranchised that cannot get a an ID. Literally in the trial, and I watched it. They couldn't. It was all done on Zoom, but they could not find any people that could not get an ID. Well, another thing I do believe is the bottom to this. They do love some voter fraud. It does make you and wonder if you fight so hard against the the. Uh, you know, these types of rules, these types of uh, integrity measures. Yeah, like, what does that say about your motivation? Yep. Thank you. Yeah, all right. I appreciate the call, Tara. Thanks so much. Um, And again, I'm not trying to, you know, assume the worst motives. I'm trying to give people the benefit of the doubt here. But you guys have spent like a decade now in North Carolina trying to block, because of these lawyers with robes, they've been blocking voter ID And, like, I'm starting to just be a little bit suspicious here that you guys might not actually be okay with clean elections. I don't, again, I'm not trying to ascribe motives. I'm not trying to say that you are. I'm just saying, if you were, what would you do differently? What what would be the different approach (laughs) if you were really for dirty elections? And by the way, like, I have made this argument for years, which is I am curious when this inflection point in our society occurred where we all agreed that, you know what, we're not going to commit vote fraud anymore. No, no, it's just it's not something that we as a society want to do anymore. And look, vote fraud has been around since voting. It has. There are all sorts of stories. There are stories from North Carolina Within the last 20 years, like widespread vote fraud. And I'm not just talking about Bladen County, McRae, Dallas, and the ballot harvesting. There are other cases. I know it's kind of crazy. There are other cases out west. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was a case, was it the sheriff's office or something? A whole bunch of deputies that were uh, getting people to vote or registering people to vote in the jail. Stuff like that. This stuff does happen. Oh, here you go. How about this one? Folks in Mecklenburg County for a while. You guys will remember this one. I'm going to give you a name. Blast from the past. You ready? Nick Mackey. How about that one? Oh, I know, I know. It was an internal Democratic Party election. So there was no sort of underhandedness at all going on there, except Nick Mackey came out of nowhere and won the special election for sheriff. This was way back in the day when the former sheriff, Democrat, Jim Pendergraf retired and his chief deputy, uh, Chip Bailey, I don't know why I just blanked on his name, Chip Bailey, he was sort of the, the, the heir apparent. Everybody liked him. Everybody knew him. He could win re-election. And Jim Pendergraf said, he's my guy. And everybody loved Jim Pendergraf. And, and like he got crossover votes, like Republicans could not mount the challenge against Pendergraf because he was... Uh, He was a very attractive and palatable candidate to Republicans. And Jim Pendergraf said, you know what, I'm going to retire. And he went off. uh, He actually went to work for the George W. Bush administration, helping local counties and jails set up the 287G program. So, of course, he's a racist, right? So um, he went and set up the 287G program all around the, uh, the country. 
Chip Bailey took over. And then he had to do, he had to get appointed though, because it's an elected, uh, elected position. And so the, because they were both Democrats, the Democratic Party got to pick the replacement. And Nick Mackey went and did a whole bunch of uh, get out the vote effort, if you will. We'll call it get out the vote. He went to all of these Democrat voters. Okay, okay, some of them, maybe a large portion of them, happen to reside in assisted living facilities and the like. But, you know, you got to go where the voters are. You meet them where they are in order to make sure that they are participating in the process. And he won. And oh my goodness. They eventually, the Democrats eventually undid that election. So they so they redid it so Chip Bailey could get the post because everybody wanted him to. And then Nick Mackey ended up running and winning for a state legislative seat, which he held for, I want to say, one term, maybe two. Whatever happened to Nick Mackey? I don't know. News Talk 1110 wbt The Pete Callender Show. I'm the Pete Callender of the show. And uh, at 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. I'm going to go over the uh, the court ruling that came down on Friday about voter ID. Democrats uh, on the bench ruling uh, that the Democrat argument was super persuasive to the Democrats on the bench. And so they totally agree with it. Um, so I'll get into some of that first. Let me get to Dean here, who has called in and has been waiting patiently. Hello, Dean. What's up? Yeah, I was wondering, on the voter ID issue, yeah. what's, what is so important about voter ID that it's, I mean, is it, you know, so if you have voter ID or you don't, is it just the fact that it's been an issue for 20 years that makes it fishy or what? Uh, that, you know? that makes it fishy? Well, I mean, so if you have voter ID or you don't, why is it going to change elections? If you or what's what's wrong with it? Are you, uh, so I'm I'm unclear what you're what you're asking me. So if you have an assertion, it's best to just make the assertion. If you're asking me for like some information, just well, I don't I don't I don't see why voter ID is an, is as big an issue as it is. Um, it, you know why. If you go to vote, you should have a right to vote if you're here. Okay. And so you're saying you don't see a need for voter ID to vote? No, I really, I really don't. Okay. I mean, I don't think that it makes a, an election more fraudulent or more or validates it in any way. I think it's, you know, um, maybe what people do with the votes afterwards, but, you know, not if you're there and you're voting, you have an opinion. And so we should, so how do you, do you object to any other kind of screening mechanism that people are who they say they are when they walk in the door? I, you know, what, 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 what would give me an example? What would make a difference? I mean, what if they're 18, if they're not capable of voting or something or. Well, all right, um, hang, hang on, Dean. Have you ever voted? Yeah. Okay. In North Carolina? Uh, yeah, I did. Okay. I live in South Carolina, but I, I did in North Carolina, yeah, oh, did when you? I lived there. Oh, okay, good. When you lived there, right? See, that's the key, right? When you lived in North Carolina, you voted in North Carolina, and you moved to South Carolina, then you vote in South Carolina, right? Like, that's the that's the system. That's how it's supposed to operate. So when you walked in to vote, was there some sort of a screening mechanism to 
you know, give the elections officials some sort of degree of confidence that you are Dean and uh, you are here to vote and you are allowed to, in fact, vote. Well, yeah, you know, there there is a precinct and, you know, so they they had a record of me in that because I registered to vote. Right. So you so they had a book. It had your name in it. And when you walked up, you said, I'm Dean. I'm allowed to vote here. They said, oh, Dean, we see your name in the book. Here's your ballot. Okay. Right. Do you think that right. that so um, so now serious question? Do you think that that is a secure system? Not secure, but it it doesn't. I, I seems like voter ID happens after that or something. No, it doesn't. Um, it, it 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 would happen when you walk in and you say, "Hi, I'm Dean. I'm here to vote," yeah. and then they would say, yeah. "Let me see your ID." You show them the ID and look at that. Here's a picture of you with your name, with the address, and it matches the poll book. And so that's the that's the the security mechanism essentially. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you get rid of the ID, then I could walk in and say, "Hi, I'm Dean. I live at this address," and they'd say, "Okay, Dean, here's your ballot," and I would go vote your ballot. Okay, but isn't the isn't the voter ID about having a you know a, a separate identification that allows you to vote or not vote? No, you would use your driver's yeah. license or. Um, there are a whole, I mean, there, you know, if you've got a military ID, there are a bunch of different IDs that the North Carolina law allows. Every state's different. So I'm talking about North Carolina and not even law, their mm-hmm. proposal, right? This was the North Carolina uh, legislation that was passed. The governor vetoed and then they overrode the veto. And uh, by the way, this is actually a constitutional amendment in North Carolina. We Like this is now part of our constitution. Our voters uh, approved it in what, 2018. So like this is... This is part of our Constitution, and this was the legislation that they drafted and passed in a bipartisan fashion with a black Democrat co-sponsoring the legislation. And now two judges in Wake County say it's unconstitutional. So, like, that's the the whole point of the voter uh, of the of the ID is to present it when you vote. So it's confirmation that you are who you are. And I'm not trying to vote your ballot. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So what, what's the what's the win for not doing it? I mean, what what is it? What are you what are you getting away with? It sounds like we're on the on the precipice of it right now. Right. I mean, so in a state that does not require voter ID, it allows for people like me to walk in and vote for you in that scenario, right? I can walk in, request your ballot, get it, and go vote. You see okay. the problem? Right. So so now and and so here's the here's the issue now is that because this gap exists, we are assuming that there are not enough people that are interested in taking advantage of that gap. And uh like Project Veritas, James O'Keefe, he went and he did a I think it was back in sixteen, I wanna say. And he actually went to a couple different precincts. I think he went to North Carolina, he went up to Virginia, and he actually got a ballot for Eric Holder, the attorney general. So uh, who's now leading the Democrats fight against, you know, redistricting and all sorts of other things. So um, he was able to get Eric Holder's ballot at his polling place. See, now that's a problem, right? Don't you think that's a problem that you would be able to get the ballot? And the only reason he didn't cast it was because he walked out knowing that if he did, it would be a felony. And so he didn't do that. But if I wanted to commit the felony, there would be no chance I would be caught. What are the chances that somebody would catch me after the fact? Nobody's recording that. No, they're going to 
what, grab my mugshot. Now, the elections folks will tell you, well, after the fact, you know, when we're counting the ballots, because, like, let's say I go into your polling station. I ask for Dean's ballot. I vote it. I turn it in and I leave. And then a little while later, you walk in and you're like, hey, I'm here to vote. And the poll worker says, wait a minute, Dean, you already voted. And you say, no, I didn't. How do they now prove that you did or did not? Right. They would have no idea that you are the real Dean. See the problem there. Well, I would have identification. And they the can't other look at it. They, they can't use it. They're not allowed to look at it. So now what do you do? Yeah, but he, no, he no, just no. said it was a it was a felony. It, it mm-hmm. was if he if he voted it. If I so did, there are the the laws in place. Yeah, but it's a class. I think it's a class I or H felony. Uh, the, the 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 running joke in North Carolina is that it, it uh, you get you face a more severe penalty if you steal pine straw than if you're convicted of uh, vote fraud like that. So um, yeah, it's a very very low charge uh, punishment wise. Uh-huh. But so let's say now they, they say, well, Dean, you already voted. You say, I sure as heck fired did not. And so they're like, OK, fill out a provisional ballot so that then you fill out a provisional ballot and you cast that ballot. Now, which one counts? Well, there's got if you're telling me there isn't a rule for that or how do they know? How can they tell? Well, because I you, you can't fill out a provisional ballot unless you can justify your uh, identity. But that's the thing. You're not allowed to show the identity. You can't show ID. All of this creates, even if they are able to catch it on the back end, even if they're able to say, hey, look, we can compare signatures, which there are some Democrats that have fought that as well on absentee ballots. They don't want signature comparisons. So even if they're able to determine the real Dean voted... Even if they're able to do that, it creates such an administrative burden on the back end. And it all can be avoided by simply asking for the ID when you vote. It's a pretty simple solution. And I'm all about solutions. News is next. More calls after that.